All right, welcome back to the Caught Looking Show, episode four. A little disclaimer to everybody listening: we are missing our third partner tonight. Joe Balzano has been abducted by aliens, and he's never coming back. If you really like tonight's show and you don't want Joe back, you just let us know on Instagram and Twitter at Caught Looking Pod. Thanks. Sounds good to me. We're gonna jump right into it. First segment we have tonight: Mark Tantorski needs to make needs to say something to everybody and to Paul Goldschmidt. Mark. Uh, well, Paul. From the bottom of my heart, I apologize for saying you fucking suck. Yeah, he's fucking sorry, Paul. Because you proved me wrong, made me look like an idiot, which I'm fine with. You can, If you rake and you have the best season of your career from here out, I am okay with that. You do everything you have to do to put up MVP numbers because I love watching it. But you did suck at the beginning of the year, bud. So that's all I got to say. Mark, we'll see if he accepts your apology. But Paul Goldschmidt has been absolutely murdering baseballs since June 5th. Let me throw some stats at you. Since June 5th, he's got his average up to 260 from when it was at 190. So in those games, he's batting 535 with six home runs and slugging over one. Are you shitting me? He's turned it on. They must have turned the humidor off because he's absolutely raking. He's hitting, ba- he's hitting baseballs to the moon. Uh, he can't miss. I really don't have really much to say about him besides he's raking. And the the great part is, I said he was a fantasy disappointment, right? The following three days, he puts up, I think it was 10, 18, and 12. Yeah, he ruined whoever he so, was playing. Yeah, he saved the fantasy league. Yeah, he, yeah. And it was just all on me. I apologize to whoever played Paul Goldschmidt that week. I turned him on. That was me that did that, okay? And I apologize. I'm sorry. And, it, you know, it really made us look dumb. Like we we taught we called him a fantasy disappointment. I agreed. I was like, Paul, you fucking suck, because he was. But like it, he really just shoved it in our faces. Which again, it's fine because yeah, I love watching good baseball players do good things. Yeah, he he did ruin us, and he he honestly, I think he's got a shot to start in the All Star game. We could talk about that. You know, we'll talk about it now. Uh, second segment, we're gonna roll right into it. The uh, All Star voting leaders. It just came out. The first round of voting has concluded. The second round has started. And uh, there's a little bit of surprise in there, but there is some is some good things. Like in the in the NL, uh, Matt Kemp and Nick Markakis are in line to start, which is good because they've been turning it on this year. They've been doing really good. If at the beginning of the year, if you asked me if Nick Markakis and Matt Kemp were gonna even make the All Star game, I would honestly have told you to go fuck yourself. You would have lied. It's, it's a joke, right? Nick Markakis is a, is a serviceable player, but he's not an All Star. Matt Kemp is way past his prime, right? Well, you're wrong. The Dodgers were trying to trade Matt Kemp. They didn't even want him. They got him back. Then his contract was so large, they were looking for trade players. And now he's batting 350 and starting the All-Star game. Unbelievable. And uh, so the the each position came out, and we're looking for people that we don't think should be in the, in the game, starting the game. And I know, Mark, you had some serious problems with this. Uh, yeah, my biggest pet peeve here is is guys that are popular that don't really deserve it and look no further than Gary Sanchez, the the New York Yankees catcher, big name. You know, everyone loves him. He's a superstar. The guy's hitting under 200. I don't think an all-star should hit under 200. I don't think, and his defense is terrible. He's not a, he's been a bad player for them. He Their backup has been better. Austin Romine has been a better catcher. And you have a guy like Wilson Ramos who's playing well. And there's even guys like Martin Maldonado who's in L.A. who's playing defense, like his defense is off the charts. 
So if you're going to give catcher spot a guy who can't hit, at least give it to a guy who plays defense instead of just the guy you think is the biggest name and the guy, I don't know, that, that doesn't deserve it. Right, and I don't know if you watched the game yesterday, the uh, Yankees were playing. There was a pop-up behind home plate. Luis Severino, literally from the mound, ran to behind home plate and stole the ball from Gary Sanchez on a pop-up because he's playing so poorly. Not only is he playing bad in defense, Mark said it, he's batting 189. He's hitting the ball that little. That's pitiful. Awful. Not but he's, he's your all-star, not, right? How about that? And the fact that people are putting him in the game just because he's popular is infuriating on so many levels. If you're a Yankee fan and you're voting for the all-star team, at least for once in your fucking life, have a conscience and don't vote for Gary Sanchez. Vote for Wilson Ramos. Wilson Ramos, batting three or no, 282. Uh, he's got eight home runs, only four less than Gary Sanchez. He's doing great. He's having a great year for Tampa Bay, and there's no reason, literally none, he should not be starting the All-Star game. And he's a great story. He's he's come back from a torn ACL. You know, he's a catcher, so his you know his knees. That's tough. That's tough to do. And he's he's doing everything he can to be that All Star caliber player that he has been. And he's doing it this year. And he's he might get robbed of a start that he rightfully deserves. I don't know if you remember this, but when Wilson Ramos was a Washington National, he was kidnapped when he was in Venezuela. Do you know the story? I I, I explain it. So, so Wilson Ramos was uh, has family in Venezuela. And he was kidnapped, <laughs> and people wanted ransom for Wilson Ramos. That's a, a true fucking story. Google it. I swear to God. And now he's he's should be starting the All Star game, which I think is a great story. All Gary Sanchez has done is strike out, and is I don't have I don't have words for it. it it's he's gonna get the the All Star game robbed of him. He he literally was robbed. His person was robbed. He was stolen. So let's just give Wilson Ramos a break here. The poor guy. I mean. He, it's let you know. Come on, Wilson for the All Star game. Let's let's get that. Hashtag going. Wilson for All Star game. Hashtag fuck Gary Sanchez. He should not be in. L Gary, get him the fuck out. Fuck the Kraken. Another spot that uh, rose some question for me. I don't know if it did for you. Was um was the shortstop in the NL, Brandon Crawford. Now there aren't a lot of shortstops in the NL. They're very good. Um, and Brandon Crawford's a good one. Don't get me wrong. But there could be guys like bigger names, maybe in a bigger market, that would maybe be starting instead. Instead, what do you think? Well, I think uh, Crawford ha- has that spot, you know, pretty much locked down right now because one, he's playing the best, and two, for the same reason that Wilson Ramos should be an All Star, is I don't think that the biggest name should get that that honor just because of his name. You know, Crawford's putting up great numbers. He's hitting uh, right near his career high in batting average. He's so, and his defense is spectacular like it's always been. And the Giants are a solid team, and he's been a huge part of that, especially with them missing uh, Madison Bumgarner early and Andrew McCutcheon struggling. Now they're without uh, Longoria. Evan Longoria. So it's going to be interesting to see. He, he definitely has he's caught my eye this year. Yeah, my only, my, the question was to me was that, like, so he has only made the All-Star team one time his entire life. Now he's going to be starting, which is huge, but... Uh, it's just like an odd place for me. I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. Is that it? Just I don't. When I think of the All Star Game and the shortstop, I don't picture Brandon Crawford starting. I I think the the only guy I would say, and he might not even be having that great of a year, but I would say Trey Turner, because just because it's in you know in DC, get him in front of the home crowd. He's an electrifying player. Make his name bigger. But 
I think he, he could make that team either way. So I think we'll get Trey Turner in the All-Star game. But I think the guy who deserves it right now, at least at this point, is Brandon Crawford. Yeah, and Trey is leading the league in steals too, which is which is a talking point. But, I mean, he I think that he should be starting strictly because it's in D.C. A lot of people hate that idea is that just because it's a home game, there should be a home team player starting. You say, yeah, Bryce Harper's starting, but there's the question, should he even be? He's batting two twenty. But uh, Trey Turner is a, is a great player, and we'll see as the voting goes on. Maybe the Nationals fans will vote for him, like me. I'll vote for him. But it, it's, we'll see how it goes. Um, one last question that I had in the, uh, in the All-Star game was um, – was uh, Buster Posey, yeah. the NL catcher. Now, another I, I, San Francisco Giants fans are going to think I hate them, but Buster Posey's basically been in the All-Star game every year just because he's a solid defensive catcher. And I think that Wilson Contreras should be starting. Yeah, There's an argument to be had, but Posey's numbers are solid. And again, it, it kind of reminds me of the Crawford uh, like Turner dilemma where you have the the younger upstart guy versus the the veteran that everyone's seen and has been around the block. I I like Posey there because especially for the NL just to win the game, he's going to be the guy that they need because he can manage the game and he can get those pitchers under control early because there's a lot of nerves, especially to the starting pitcher in the in the uh, in the game. So it's probably going to be Scherzer. Definitely. So he should he won't be nervous, but I think Posey is is the guy to go with because of his experience and his, the season he's having, you know, it's nothing to scoff at. It's below his career high, but he's, he's been doing well. Yeah, I agree. It's just, you got to give Wilson a shot. Cubs fans give Wilson a shot. Uh, speaking of the Cubs, um, the Cubs are back in my mind. They're only one game back in the division, 39 and 27. At the beginning of the year, they looked pretty weak. Just like last year, they came out flat. They weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. But now it seems they've res- they've had a resurgence of late. Um, there are definitely still questions about you, Darvish. We talked about that last week. But right now they're a top five hitting team in the league, which is astonishing. They are top five in average, top five in RBIs, and they're number one in OBP, which speaks volumes about the team. Is that the only reason that they're not at the top of the power rankings like they were in the past years is because they're pitching, which usually was not a problem. Yeah, it was a strength. Now it's definitely a weakness. Right and. It, does that responsibility entirely fall on you, Darvish? Because, I mean, he's been hurt a lot, but if he was healthy, would he even be helping? Well, and I think you also look at it like it's the opportunity cost. You lose Arietta and you get Darvish. Arietta goes on to have – is having a decent season, better than what people were thinking. For his age, he's having yeah. a great season. And and better than what people were thinking going into the season. He's coming off a down year, and he signed in Philly, like – How's how's that whole thing gonna work? It's working out pretty well, and you Darvish is an absolute failure so far. So Jake Arrieta looks like the winner out of that. For the Cubs overall, though, I mean, like you said, you know, six and four in their last ten, they've been they've been solid. They've been kind of hovering lately, but they were they were hot right before this. So it it'll be interesting to see what they can do uh, for uh, in relation to the Brewers. I don't know if they'll catch them right away. Maybe by the All Star break, that conversation will start to turn around and. The Brewers will start to fall off, kind of like they did last year. We'll see. The experience will definitely play a factor, but it's going to be an interesting race in the NL, especially the NL Central, because those it's a tight that whole league. There's no clear cut best team, so it's it's open right now, very very open. Right, and it's not like the AL East where the two teams are the top teams in the league. These teams are literally fighting for their lives. You know that the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to make it 
out into the playoffs. But you don't like the Cubs. There's a strong chance that they don't. They could not make the playoffs yeah. potentially. So they need their division. Which, the Cardinals are creeping up on them too. They got a big weekend series with them, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and it, it, the Cubs are the team to watch moving forward, undoubtedly. Keep your eye on the Cubs. They're going to keep hitting, but it's, it's all about pitching coming back. The report came out that you Darvish isn't feeling any pain anymore, which is good for Cubs fans, but um, it could be downhill for Darvish. It's, it's, I think it's, to me, I think it's all lying on you Darvish's back because if he doesn't do well, then the Cubs aren't going to do well. They're doing okay, but they're not going to be what they used to be. Well, and they're not going to be that World Series contender. You need your horse. I mean, they have John Lester. They have Hendricks. But outside of those two, really, there's there's an opening. There's an opening for them. So Darvish needs to be the guy to fill that. They paid him to be the guy to fill that. He needs to step up, get healthy first, and make a difference. Because right now, he's a non-factor. And in 2016, they had Arietta, who had a sub-2 ERA basically the entire playoffs. Yeah. He was nasty. And if Darvish doesn't do that for them, I mean, they're not going to recreate the magic they had in 2016. That's just simple and plain. So keep an eye on the Cubs. You never know about them. And it, we talked about them being a top five hitting team. They're doing it with all without a DH. And then the news came out uh, that Rob Manfred was another Rob Manfred news. Sorry, Joe, you can't comment on it. Yeah. But he's he was open to having the, D, the DH in both leagues. Now, this is Mark and I sort of agree that like if the DH went to the NL, it's not the end of the world. I love watching pitchers hit. But I mean, what what are your what are your full thoughts on and and NLDH? Um, I like that the NL has the pitcher hit because it it leaves a difference in the league. So from a, like a traditional standpoint, I like that the pitcher hits, and I like that there's nine guys on the field, and those are the nine guys that play. But at the same time, you look at it, at the AL their hitting is so superior, their offenses. It, it you see it in the World Series really because they have that extra guy even off the bench when they're on the road. That pinch hitter is huge. So in the NL, they kind of lose that. They lose that offense, so they, they it compensates for their pitching being great. But I think that if they implemented the DH in the NL, it would have to be over like the next five years, they would have to start really discussing it because you can't do it immediately. You can't just think, oh, we're going to put it in and put it in. You have to let the guys know, we're thinking about this. What does the players' union think? You know, how do, how do the owners feel, the GMs, the, the coaches, the managers in the uh, NL? They all have to know because you see a guy like Joe Madden, he, he loves managing the game. He loves micromanaging it. So how would a guy like Joe Madden or any other great manager in the NL react to that DH and just now they have an extra hitter instead of that pitcher hitting? It's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, see, like I, it is a little bit annoying when a pitcher comes up, bases loaded, two outs in like the third inning, and he's he's in basically an auto out unless you're Max Scherzer. Shout out Max Scherzer. He like it's just it is it does get a little annoying. But if they were to implement the DH like this summer or the, this off season, I would be upset, no doubt. It has to be over. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. You can't. I don't think it's something that can just happen right away and everyone's gonna be cool with it. It's like the pitch clock. You have to. Get it in the people's mind. Let them let it simmer down a little bit, and then you can start to really think about it because it's it's such a radical change, and you have so many people in baseball that are so adverse to change. They don't want to deal with that. Joe. Yeah, Joe, shout out, buddy. We miss you. But 
you got to look at it. It's got to be over time and it's got to be a process that is well thought out and they really look at how people will react because it's it's a hot button issue. Like when you think about the pitch clock and the mound visits, they implemented them. It was floated a few years ago. When they implemented it, now I don't even notice it. Right, right. I, I don't know if that'll be the same with the DH. Probably not. But uh, I could I could see it being implemented within the next five years. I know Joe is going to listen to this and be very upset. But sorry, Joe, as we get for getting abducted by aliens. We're moving on um, to some of the, I think, the biggest news of the week. Um, there was a, a report that came out that an anonymous NLGM uh, called Bryce Harper, quote, simply overrated in a selfish and losing player. Now, the in baseball world fucking had exploded over this. Everyone was talking about it strictly because it's his contract here, and there has been a lot of people talking about that he deserves $400 million. Now, he's batting two twenty five, and he's leading the league in home runs, the National League with home runs, but he's just simply not hitting the ball. And it has come at a very weird time because he's not producing with the bat, but also the GM is being, uh, in my opinion, a little bitch for not putting his name behind it, going to some ragtag magazine and telling it That would be like an NL executive coming to this show that nobody knows, and they would just say to us, yeah, we think Bryce Harper is overrated. You could put that it was an anonymous NL GM. Like, that's, that's horseshit to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the whole anonymous quote thing. I think if you're going to say something, back up your word. And Fuck coming yeah. out of guy, coming at a guy like Bryce Harper is is takes balls. And I respect him for you know saying what he feels, but could we have a little bit of a, a back you know backdoor dealing here where he's saying Bryce Harper's bad, getting the idea out there, and then he's like we're targeting him in the offseason. Let's go after him. Thinking we're we're driving the price down a little bit. Let's try to get it to three hundred fifty million instead of four hundred. Spin zone, Mark yeah. Tantorski. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. Joe's not here to give you conspiracy theories. Here's mine: Bryce Harper is values being dragged down by other GMs in order for them to sign him for less money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, if you're trying to fool Scott Boris, Bryce Harper's G, uh, general or uh, agent, I good luck to you. I he that he will not settle. Just like he didn't settle this year. I mean, it turned out bad for a bunch of players, but he will not give up until his players get what they deserve. What he thinks they deserve. What he what thinks he, they deserve. What he thinks they deserve is usually ludicrous, but the guy finds a way, so we'll, we'll see. In my opinion, I've, I, I'm i a huge Nationals fan. I love Bryce Harper. I don't think he's overrated in the slightest. I love him, even if he bats 230. Well, see, I, I can see where he's coming from with the overrated, and he said things about leadership qualities. He said that Bryce Harper's not a locker room leader. He said it was really Jason Worth. Before Jason Worth left, and now Ryan Zimmerman, Daniel Murphy, those guys are taking over. And sh- obviously Scherzer, he's he's the guy that he's their their guy. That's what they need from Harper. They need that type of follow me. I'll show you what's going on, and you take. I'll take the lead. You guys follow. He hasn't. I don't think he's that personality. Yeah, I don't think he's that personality either, and I don't think that they need him to be. I think th- I have small problems. Does Bryce Harper run balls out to first base? Not a lot makes me upset, but does he need to be a leader in the leader in the locker room? I don't think so. Ryan Zimmerman's been a national his entire career. He's the guy. If if the Nationals were to put a C on anybody's chest, it would not be Bryce Harper. 
It would be Zim. It would be Murph. It would be Rendon. It would literally be any Scherzer. It would literally be anybody else but Bryce Harper. I don't even. I don't care if he's a leader or not. I care if he hits the ball. Yeah, but you want your superstar to have that kind of like. You look at Aaron Judge. He is a leader for the Yankees, and that's why I think that that puts them over the edge. He is the guy that sets the example. Bryce Harper is the guy who sets it, I guess, in a way of he plays well, but. He doesn't. He, I don't think he fires up the guys. I don't think he gives them that extra like oomph to really put them over the top, and and it shows in the playoffs because he's they're they're non-existent around there because first round bounced every year. He does. So. Do, he does do well in the playoffs though. It just people have these unrealistic expectations of Bryce Harper. When Sports Illustrated put him on the cover of the magazine at 16 years old and gave him the same nickname that they gave LeBron James, they opened a, a can of worms that he doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve for people to think that he's going to be a baseball god and that he should be something that he's not. He had two great seasons. He had a great season in 2015 when he won the MVP. He had a great season in 2017 when he should have won, but he got hurt. He was leading the league in average and home runs at the time he got hurt. Yeah, there's no. I mean, you can't deny that he's a he's, he's a great player. He he's an all star MVP caliber player, but he he needs to show. It. He needs to be more consistent in order to really reach that level of you're the best player in your league. You know, right up there with Mike Trout. And Mike Trout's another guy that you can look at. And, and does he have those leadership qualities? And that's a whole another issue. But Mike Trout is literally silent, though. There are that, never yeah, that's, any silent. Well, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. So. Th- that I think that hurts. I think you need your star to be a vocal leader and and carry you guys and pump you guys up when it when it matters the most. And I, I those are the two guys really that are the two most talented. Mookie but, Betts. Yeah. Now but, Mookie Betts is in that conversation. In yeah. My opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. But those guys need to take the mantle and and lead their teams, not be another guy on the team. Right. And that's all going to depend on this season, pretty much. For Bryce, it's it. Does he finish out the year strong? Does he finish out the year weak? Do the Nationals do well in the playoffs? Do they win the World Series like people thought think they will because they have the the roster and the staff and the coaching, or do they flop again? Does he sign somewhere else for the money that people think he's gonna get? And it's it's all relative to this year because it's his contract year. The amount of scrutiny he's getting. And by the way, the amount of scrutiny he's getting isn't even close to fucking Manny Machado because the Orioles suck. What is he doing? The Orioles stink. No one talks about that. Machado's not a leader. Well, the reason that they're not talking about that is because he's leading the league in RBIs and he's having a, a, a great season yeah, coming off Bryce of a bad is, year. Bryce is leading so, the league in home runs. What's the same thing? Yeah, but the when you see Machado play, he he right now looks better than how Bryce Harper looks. They're both very talented. They're both great players. So any team who ends up with them in the offseason is better for it, in my opinion, at least. But then again, I'm also the guy that said Paul Goldschmidt fucking sucks. Yeah, true. So you don't what know is my, anything. What does my the, shit the, matter? The, 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 then the question becomes, if they're going to be good for anything that signs them, is there even a price tag? Like, wouldn't you sign... Like, if A-Rod, you would sign him for anything. Like, he was that guy. He wasn't overrated. But now people think, he's over, think Bryce Harper's overrated. You know that A-Rod is in top five all-time strikeouts? People, only people that I think that called A-Rod overrated was Red Sox fans. Yeah, but A-Rod was also the best talent and player for an extended period of time. He was carrying the mantle in the AL in terms of, in terms of his ability. 
But he was another guy that he lacked that leadership in the locker room. He was people thought of him always as selfish and conceited, look at himself. So he kind of there are definitely some similarities to Harper, and and he didn't A Rod didn't win in the playoffs until he went to the until the Yankees went all in getting Mark Teixeira, AJ Burnett, and CC Sabathia. So he always had that scrutiny, but he got it after his contract, whereas Harper's getting it before. Right. So that that's where you're looking at it. Like A Rod got his money, Harper's waiting to get his, so that's he's got to show it. That's a great point. All right, uh, we're moving on to everybody's favorite segment, power rankings. Woo! Um, uh, Mark, you go first. Five to one. Who do you got? So five Brewers, four Seattle, three Red Sox, two Houston, one Yankees. Uh, Scaff, let me hear yours. I got I got the Cubs five, Seattle four, Red Sox three, Yankees two, and the Houston Astros making a huge jump to number one. Now my reasoning, simple and plain, in the last ten games, Houston Astros are ten and zero. Gross. They're I I we shit on them last week. We said that they were dropping down. Seattle took over the division. Blah, blah, blah. We even talked about Houston potentially dropping out of the rankings as time went on. And I, I am a dumbass for saying that. Houston's yeah. fucking gross. Yeah, we had a, it was a rough week last week. But, hey, look at it in the big picture. Number five last week, they deserved it. They they were not they playing the best. It. They did so, deserve it. it. It's power rankings. They're, they're subject to change. That's why we do them every week. True. And, and I only... I put the Yankees in front of the Red Sox. Obviously, they have a better record just because they have a better record, but also they're just playing better than the Red Sox right now. Simple and plain. Their pitching is pulling it together, minus Sonny Gray and Chase and Shreve. I mean, other than them two, Didi, I actually went to the Nationals versus Yankees game. Um, got yelled at by a lot of asshole Yankee fans. Yeah. But Didi Gregor- I saw Didi Gregorius hit two home runs right in my face. Yeah. And I actually made a bet with my friend that I would not talk shit about Didi anymore. So, Didi, you're great. Yeah. But the Yankees are overall playing way, way, way better than the Red Sox. And if you look at it, their record, they're right, they're right there neck and neck with each other. Run differentials about even. The Red Sox have three more runs for but the Yankees have played a tougher schedule, and they've done it under an absolute microscope because Giancarlo Stanton has not been good. So they're doing this all without the reigning MVP, and it's really fallen on their pitching staff stepping up and being what they need it to be outside of, obviously, Sonny Gray. But they've had some good spot starts from some young guys. They're probably one pitcher away from being far and away the best team in the MLB. So that's why I have them at one because 8-2 and two in their last 10, it's not like they did anything to lose their spot. The Astros climbing up to two is in, in respect to their 10 straight wins. You deserve it. But Yankees have the better record. Yankees have the better team, in my opinion. And I think it, it, it shows in, obviously, their whole season and hopefully going forward for Yankee fans, they will continue their hot stretch and be the best team. Uh, who did you have just missing in the top five? Uh, I had the Braves, actually, right on the outside looking in. It was very tough for me, toss-up between the Brewers and the Braves. I gave it to the Brewers because of the better record, but Atlanta 6-4 and four in the last 10, Milwaukee 5-5. Five and five. It's marginal, So, but Fulton Evitz going on the DL hurts. That's really bad. Hurts. They lose 
So they lose one of their best pitchers, probably their best pitcher this year. One, of, he's, I think he's top five in the league in strikeouts. So that that kind of put them right on the outside. But if they keep up what they're doing, and who thought they would? But not me. Yeah, they're doing it. So we gotta, you know, I'll give the Braves some respect. You you guys have been, you've earned it. Yeah, just missing. I had the Brewers. Uh, you had them in your power rankings. Yeah. Um. Just for for just because they're just as good. I had the Cubs in there beating the Brewers just because they're getting a little hotter and they're putting things together. That's basically my entire reasoning. Right, which is completely reasonable. Like they're they're they've been neck and neck again all year. So those right. two teams have been fighting, and we'll give the we'll give the Cubs the edge this week for you at least. For me, I had the Brewers, but it's it'll be interesting to see how that division shakes out because. There, it's it's gonna be fun. Yeah, keep, it's gonna be a fun race. Definitely, definitely keep an eye on it. All right, uh, one minute opinions. Uh, I'll give mine first. Uh, my one minute opinion is I saw a report out that a lot of baseball writers don't like when people strike out and they miss the days when people were putting balls in play. I would just like to say to all the pussy ass baseball writers who don't think strikeouts are cool because they fucking are, to go fuck yourself. Honestly, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of these old, saggy, bald baseball writers who think it's, let's go back to the old days where hitting a ground ball to second base was cool and throw it out the fucking window. I'm absolutely sick of it. Mark? Uh, well, yeah, well said. I, I, I like what you're saying there, but I like the strikeout, just in my personal opinion. But anyway, I'd like to give a little shout-out to my uh, my team, my baseball team. We, uh, we've won two straight games. You know, some good some good performances. We got Preston Young, shout out to him, has three hits. Three hits. Preston, P.O., could not hit his entire life. Somehow a kid gets fucking nasty when he plays. So he's got two doubles, three hits, and two games. He's been great. His on-base percentage has got to be like 750. He's been playing off, you know, out of his ass. And uh, I got to shout out Tom Dodge. He, he played as Joey Gargano last night, actually, and... Did well. We 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 got the walk off win. So the boys the boys rallied for the team. Boys so shout out, sh- yeah, shout out to the to the North Haven Indians of senior fucking league baseball. Mark washed up player. Can't believe it. And uh, one last thing I would like to tell the fans: Mark and I are playing each other in fantasy this week. And check the score, bud. Carlos Carrasco went down after one inning. Yeah. We're tied. Tied you know, going into Sunday. The, well, the worst part is, I. Paxton gets negative fucking two last night because his defense decides we don't know how to play baseball Excuses. anymore. No, well it's two hundred right now, so we're we're locked up at two hundred. Ben Zobers got me four points so far, so we're 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 looking. To, it's a tight game. It's a tight game. We'll we'll love to see what happens tomorrow, folks. Mark is sweating. Yeah, I'm yeah, on his I'm heels. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Yeah, he's fucking nervous. All right, that wraps up episode four. If you enjoyed the show, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. At Caught Looking Pod, tell us what you thought. Or alternatively, you can email us at CaughtLookingPod at gmail.com. Shout out Preston Young. And um, we will see you next week. Don't get caught looking.